Welcome back. What up, what up, what up? It's AWOD here on a Tuesday, September 12th. You're listening to the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM, live and local here in Richmond, Virginia, Monday through Friday from 12 to 3 p.m., and we are proud to be Richmond's home for the Washington Commanders. Every game can be heard here in Richmond on the Odyssey app on Sports Radio 910 The Fan, or if there's a Squirrels game, it'll be on WRVA 1140 AM and joining me right now, a very special guest on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline. You hear him Monday through Friday from six to ten, part of the Sports Junkies. It's my mentor, Eric Bickle. What's going on, EB? Hey, buddy, how are you? I- I'm doing good, man. And look, there were a lot of good and bad from that game Sunday, but I said, you know, a win is a win, and we're going to look back ten weeks from now and just be so happy that we won this game. How did you feel about Sam Howell kind of staying poised and focused after those big hits and the bad turnover? Uh, I actually loved what I saw from Sam. I mean, I saw the bad plays. I, I mean, the fumble was ridiculous. Um, I saw the near picks. The one, you know, pick that he did have was a little unfortunate with the tip ball, but he had some other balls that uh, he was behind guys or the DBs were jumping. But overall, I just loved his poise. I love his athleticism. I love the fact that he has no fear, bounces right up after a big hit or a bad play, and, and is not afraid to rip another one in a tight window. Um, I think he's got all of the ingredients to be a really solid quarterback in this league. Uh, But, you know, he's got to do it consistently, and he's got to cut down on some of these stupid plays. He's got to get rid of the football quicker. Uh, He's got to throw it away or take off and run and protect himself. If he can limit some of those and, you know, a, a few more positive plays, I think we might really have something. I, I totally agree. And I mean, talk about marbles, the stones of Eric Bieniemy, Coach EB, showing his confidence in, in Sam Howell. That last drive before the half, and I know her, yeah. I heard you guys take calls about this yesterday. Like so many times, Ron Rivera would have just taken a knee, but Coach EB, yeah. Eric Bieniemy, said, "Screw that. We're going to go down the field." Right. No, I was impressed by that. Now I think there's a there's a bit of desperation too because mm-hmm. everybody realized on that sideline how important that game was to win. Uh, they were behind the eight ball. They couldn't be conservative at that point. Uh, but I thought, you know, I thought Sam responded very, very well. So I was excited to see it. I was excited to see Biennemi continue to open it up. Uh, some people are complaining that they weren't quite as open in the second half, but I think he had a couple issues going on. First of all, we were turning it over like crazy. Uh, the rain, I think, had hampered things. And at that point, it just became winning time. You've just got to close out the football game. And I thought they did the right thing down the stretch. I totally agree, yeah. Yeah, I expect to see uh, more points, more productivity, less mistakes in week two. Defensively, I don't know about you, EB, but I felt like they came out soft, but then something changed towards the end of the third quarter where they they went to another level and became dominant. And I'm wondering, do you think Jack Del Rio said something or the guys just felt like, hey, we have to go win this game? I think they just realized you got to go out and shut them down. And, and I think as the game progressed, they realized they, weren't, they couldn't really hurt them through the air. They were giving up some plays on the ground early on. It was getting kind of annoying. I think for about th- through three quarters, they were giving up about 5.3, 5.4 yards per carry. Uh, it was kind of annoying. But uh, when it became time where it was kind of necessary that you got to get a stop, in fact, I tweeted it would be nice 
to get a big stop or a turnover right here, they did it. And they did it throughout the rest of the game. Uh, I was really getting Rams Super Bowl vibes with that defense a few years ago with Aaron Donald. Like you just knew towards the end of that Super Bowl that he was going to stop them and they were going to get the dub. And that's how that game played out for us. Yeah, I mean, Aaron Donald, we had Deron Payne and Jonathan Allen, both of them just jumping through the line, getting past offensive linemen with ease. It was the welcome home game. It looked great on TV. The welcome home season, I expect fans to flock to FedEx Field. How about the return of Jamison Crowder in a Skins uniform? Do you think he could be more than just a punt returner? Because I think you could get some usage from him in the slot. Well, I mean, they absolutely could, uh, but who knows? Um, I mean, the guy's been here a week. I, he, look, I love the fact that he looks like he still has some fresh legs. Um, the, the bad news is he hasn't played a full season since 2019, but that might be good news, too, uh, that his legs might be a little bit fresher than you might think someone his age uh, and his you know, length of status in the NFL. Uh, he so, showed he's got some burst left in him. I think returning kicks will be a no-brainer for him. And, look, the fact is receivers, one of the deeper positions on the team, so, you know, right now Samuel's doing a great job, and they've got Diami there who we expect big things. But if they need another guy, James Crowder could definitely help. Absolutely. I'm wondering what you think the commanders should do with Antonio Gibson. I mean, it's just so frustrating. The fumble issue continued. I think they should just hand it to Curtis Samuel instead of Antonio Gibson. Uh, it's just such a frustrating situation because you had so much high expectations for him, you know, two or three years ago, and now it just feels like, why do we need him on the roster anymore? I don't know. Because well, he's, he's a talented guy in space. He's not an, a natural runner uh, between the tackles. And they're kind of trying to force a round, a round peg into a square hole, whatever it is, uh, a square peg into a round hole, whatever whatever the cliche is. And it's just not working. I'd like to see them use him more in space, more swing passes. You know, give him five or six touches that way. Couple, a couple runs, sure. Uh, but just continually pounding him through the tackles and not utilizing his natural gifting uh, pass-catching ability, I think is a mistake. It's Eric Bickle from the Sports Junkies here with us on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. EB, so you had eight targets for Logan Thomas, two for Cole Turner. My prediction mm-hmm. is four and four this weekend in Denver. I mean, I, whoever gets the job done. I think that Logan clearly showed he was a little rusty early on uh, with a couple early drops, but then I thought he settled in quite nicely. Uh, whoever gets the job done, it's fine with me. I mean, Bates has made some plays at times, too. I think the other thing that is a little bit unfortunate is we kind of got screwed on some calls. I mean, I think uh, the, the offensive pass interference that they called on Bates was ridiculous. I think there was a holding call or two where even Schlesse said, listen, I played a long time in the league. That is not a hold. Um, and then I thought we got screwed on the challenge. I thought Ron was on his A game on Sunday. Uh calling the right timeouts, making the correct challenges, even though it wasn't rewarded, it was the correct call, uh, and they just screwed us in the booth. EB, I need your advice here. Radio superstar, legend in the industry. How do we handle this Chase Young situation? Like, do we even Uh, talk about him? I I wouldn't talk. I mean, at this point, until he's out there on the field producing, I mean, he's an afterthought. Yeah. Uh, For me, he's a nothing. He's an afterthought. Uh, if he could suit up, and I'm not saying that he doesn't want to play. I'm sure he's got a legitimate injury. Uh, but until he gets out there and produces, look, it's been like two years 
since the guy's done anything. Um, so until then, he's just an afterthought. We're doing just fine with those guys up front. I mean, James Smith-Williams, Casey Tuhill, all these different guys that they're rotating in are doing a fine job. And obviously, they're being led on the other side by Montez Sweat, who's playing his butt off in a contract year. It's EB with us from the Junkies on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline. EB, my listeners know I'm not a Ron Rivera guy. I was asking for him to be fired in the offseason. At, at hmm. the least, I'd like him in the, just in the front office maybe, but I can't stand him on the sideline. He doesn't know when to call timeout, and the challenge was correct, but he got it wrong, typical Ron Rivera. I don't like that he's being such a kiss-ass after the game. I mean, are we just going to give every win the game ball to Josh Harris? It's, it's driving it's me okay. crazy. He's playing a little politics there. <laughs> but I happen to disagree with you in, in, in this game. I think he made the correct timeout calls. He made the correct challenge call. He just got screwed. Uh, I thought he was on his A game, and I'm not his biggest fan. He's a great guy. Everybody likes him. He, he com- commands respect. Uh, but he's just not been great at winning football games. But I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt right now, and he's 1-0. So let's see what happens. We're three-and-a-half-point underdogs going into Denver. I think it's a very winnable game. They've got plenty of motivation. Nobody could go over there all high and mighty thinking they're hot stuff just because they won in week one because they should have won a lot easier. So I, let's see how they respond in week two. I, I got a sneaky feeling they can escape there with a W. I, I'd love to hear, I love that. I mean, and then next week you got the Bills, and, and they looked terrible last night. So I just don't know that Washington is going to win many games with Curtis Samuel leading them in receptions, do you think Terry McLaurin's a lot more injured than he's letting on with that toe? Maybe. It's hard to know. I mean, I, I, I didn't look at the film. I didn't see if he, you know, he did have the big uh, pass interference. interference call that he drew. I, I don't know, Adam. I don't know. My guess he's probably a little nicked up still. Probably not quite 100%. Uh, but let's see. I get, you know, let's, let's, let's put the brakes on, you know, evaluating everybody after one week. Let's see what happens here after week two, week three, and then we can kind of see where we're at. Yep, but a win is a win, and the Commanders in their new ownership with Josh Harris are undefeated. we got to celebrate that all week long, EB. Absolutely. Remember, there's nothing better than winning. All right, man. Thanks so much for the time, man. I appreciate it. All right. Thank you, buddy. Have fun. Yep. You're listening to AWOD on The Fan. Don't go anywhere. Don't change that dial. I'll be right back. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. You heard it from Lane Casadante right there. It's sports radio stations around the country. Do it. We're going to do it right now. It is an overreaction Tuesday on NFL Hits. Every regular season matchup, every head coach on the hot seat, the hit stories in the NFL, NFL Hits on AWOD Radio. All right, so this story comes to us today from Sporting News. Overreactions happen every year in the NFL every Tuesday. Week one of the NFL season is now in the history. Here are some of the biggest overreactions of the weekend. So I'll go through the ones from Sporting News, tell you whether I agree or disagree, and then I'll give you my most concerning losses from opening week of the NFL season. Number one. Brock Purdy and the 49ers, they had an amazing first game and are poised to be an NFC juggernaut. Yeah, I'm all in on the 49ers. I think if you're playing in a survivor pool, you should use them uh, either this week or the next week. It just feels like they're going to get off to a 5-0 start, maybe even more. They have an unbelievable defense. 
top three defense in the NFL. And on offense, playmaker after playmaker. Christian McCaffrey was great last season after they traded for him. Picked up right where he left off. That run, that run for 65-yard touchdown was awesome. Uh, back in the day, he used to do that, felt like, all the time with the Panthers. That was his first big run that I've seen with the Niners. Uh, next up, overreaction Tuesday here. Miles Garrett of the Browns. They say Cleveland's defense is poised to dominate the AFC. Look, the Cincinnati Bengals have had offensive line issues since they drafted Joe Burrow. That's how he got hurt and missed an entire season. They still have offensive line issues. Cleveland's defense was dominant. Miles Garrett was freaking amazing. He had that one play that went viral where he's standing up and crossing over a defender and then gets right past him and gets the sack. But they're not going to dominate the AFC. That division is tough. I don't have them finishing in the bottom of the division. That is the Steelers for me. But I do still have the Bengals and the Ravens ahead of the Browns, even though they defeated the Bengals week one. Kenny Pickett and the Steelers. More bust than boom. I'm going to agree with that. Look, this Steelers team was awful. Yes, the 49ers are great defensively, but they just couldn't get anything going. It was the biggest blowout of the weekend until Sunday night football when the New York Giants took the stage. Uh, Jordan Love and the Packers. Sporting News says the Packers deserve Love as the team to beat in the NFC North. No, it's not the Pack. It's not the Pack. Look, the Vikings were bad in week one. They're still going to win that division. I'm not overreacting about Kirk and the Vikings. Next up, Overreaction Tuesday on AWOD Radio. If you want to chime in, it's 833-804-0910. Call AWOD. Tell me I'm overreacting or underreacting. 833-804-0910. Trevor Lawrence, Calvin Ridley, and the Jags. Could they be the best passing tandem in the NFL? No. The best passing tandem might be Tua and Tyreek Hill. They outscored everyone in fantasy week one. The Jags look good, but they're not the best passing tandem in the league. Minnesota Vikings. Sporting News says abandoned ship. I disagree. That's an overreaction. They will bounce back. Philadelphia Eagles. They won, but there's a touch of a Super Bowl hangover. They should have lost that game. I called it. Christopher, that was my upset pick of the week, and I nearly had it if the Patriots didn't blow it. The Eagles jumped up to a 16-point lead and then saw that evaporate to 16-14 to a one-score game in the fourth quarter in which they fumble the ball, Jalen Hurts fumbles, and gives it back to the Patriots with a chance to win. Mac Jones just couldn't convert his opportunity. I'm not all in on the Eagles this season. There is a touch of a Super Bowl hangover. Anthony Richardson, they say it's only one game, but he was the best of the rookie class. You know what? Give that a ding. Uh, I've, I've told you guys before, I don't believe in any of these rookie quarterbacks. None of them were nearly as good as Caleb Williams. They won't have any of the career that Drake May will have or Shador Sanders of Colorado. They were drafted high because so many teams in the NFL are desperate for a quarterback. Anthony Richardson, though, I will give him credit, was better than C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young in Week 1. Uh, Joe Burrow and the Bengals. Burrow can't beat the Browns. Yeah, no preseason plays hurt. Uh, and it was a bad look after whipping out uh, whipping out that massive checkbook, signing him to a contract. That's an overreaction. Bengals will be uh, back into the postseason. Lamar Jackson, the Ravens. They say Lamar was sloppy and inaccurate. And that new look offense could end up being a disaster. I don't know about you guys, but I watched that entire game. 
Zay Flowers was unbelievable. Looked like the offensive rookie of the year. Odell made a few plays. Didn't catch the ball particularly often, but uh, drew a pass interference penalty on one big play. Uh, they didn't have Mark Andrews. Hello, that's Lamar Jackson's favorite option. And then J.K. Dobbins got hurt for the season. I still think this Baltimore offense will be okay. Lamar will improve. He had that first game jitters. Uh, Sean McVay, coach of the week, after winning a game everyone wrote the Rams off for. Totally agree. I picked the Seahawks. And you know what, Chris? I owe you. I owe you because you lost $5 on that pick. You do. You do owe me. You were so confident. You were like, oh, yeah, I just listened to AWOD rant about how the Seahawks are going to win. Lock me in. Yeah, and I did. I, I you, and I checked. I checked the sports, and it, it said I lost, and I was upset. Yeah. What was your reaction? Were you just like, "F this radio host"? <laughs> but now I don't know if I can trust you anymore. <laughs> hey, it's only another five dollars you can buy back in for week two. Atlanta Falcons set to be the beat, uh, team to beat in the NFC South. I disagree. They had one good win, but uh, that is an overreaction. All right, overreaction here, or should Awad be punching himself in the face? for picking the New York Giants to win the division. I'm going to say, not an overreaction. Let the G-Men play another two games. I'm not giving up on my pick. I'm sticking with it. The New York Giants will represent the NFC East in the playoffs. That game started so well. They drove right down the field. I mean, right down the field. Got past the Dallas defense with ease. Had a bad third down snap. Daniel Jones gets sacked. Then it's a longer field goal. Oh, yeah, the field goal gets blocked and returned for a touchdown. And just like that, the energy was gone. The sidelines looked depressed for the New York Giants. And Dallas cruised to victory. But that's not going to be the same Giants team that we see week after week. They will improve. In fact, we've got to get our buddy Sean Marash back on the program as he was not having it on his show with Evan Antiki. They can be heard on the Odyssey app. Here's Sean Morash, a hilarious clip that I saw on social media, arguing back and forth with a Dallas fan. It's Dallas versus New York on New York Radio. So talk to me about closing the gap, Morash, okay? Because we we embarrassed you. Hey, Morash, how you old this. are you? Were you in pacifiers uh, and diapers the last time uh, your team won a Super Bowl? I want to ask you this. Oh, yeah, bring that up because you know what the point is with that, Morash? Why? Guess what? Why? You're going to be 80 years old and you're going to be like, yeah, I remember 2012. Yeah, you're going to be 80 years old you're gonna be and you're too. still not going to have seen another NFC Championship too. game because your team chokes listen, every Marash, single year, Mario. Celebrate opening night. You choke every year. Let's talk about last night, Marash. What okay, are we going to talk about? We got our asses he, annihilated he, by you. It does not matter, Mario, long term, because the, Mike McCarthy's fat ass the, is going to choke into the playoff Marash, game for you, Mario. Guess problem. what? I still yeah. got freaking Super Bowls in my adulthood. Hey, I at least hey, live hey, an hour from my stadium. Go move what, to Marash, Dallas, you're then. You're still not sitting at my table with five What's your table? What's your table? What's your table? What is your table? Get to five and talk to me, Morales. All right, get to then talk to me talk in November, to me. Mario. Yeah, Your you sister's ass. Take you, a laugh. You won't get there. Yeah, yeah. All right, you yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Celebrate. Celebrate week one again, Mario. <laughs> Celebrate. Oh, my. All right, Christopher, you're two weeks into the job. Number one, we have to get Sean Morash on the show. Number two, that is what we call great radio. That's a perfect example of great radio. 
How about that? That was the first time you heard that clip. That was that was fantastic. I know, right? Sean Morash, hardcore Giants fan. Oh, they open up the phone lines, got a Cowboys caller after they get blown out 40 to nothing, and he let him have it. Last thing here on NFL Hits, the power rankings came out from Pro Football Talk ahead of week two. Top five. Somehow after a loss, the Chiefs still at number five, dropping from one to five. The Jets somehow without Aaron Rodgers jump into the top five at number four. The Eagles at three, even though they didn't look great. Dolphins were spectacular, totally deserved to be number two. And the 49ers were the team of the weekend. They are number one. The Commanders, we are sitting at 20th after defeating what Pro Football Talk calls the worst place team in the league. The Arizona Cardinals were ranked 32nd. The Denver Broncos, Washington's opponent for this weekend, are 25th on the power rankings. So it'll be 20 against 25. We'll talk about the game and preview the game from Mile High Stadium coming up this Sunday with Craig Hoffman from the Team 980 coming up next on AWOD Radio. Here's Dobbs looking deep for Wilson, and it's broken up by the rookie Forbes. It is Washington football. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. That was the fourth down stop as heard on Fox as the Washington Commanders stop Josh Dobbs and defeat the Arizona Cardinals 20-16. to I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. And joining us right now to break it all down on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline, who you can hear on the Team 980 in Washington, D.C., Monday through Friday, it's Craig Hoffman. What's going on, Craig? What's up, Adam? How are you, man? I'm doing good, man. A win is a win. And you know what? It doesn't matter how close it was, how ugly it was, but it was a win. And what did you learn about Sam Howell from that game that you maybe didn't already know? Honestly, not much. Um, I realize that might make me different from a lot of other people who seem to have wildly different expectations of who Howell is. And I'm not saying that I'm 100% right. And oh, look at me, I'm I'm prescient in any way. It's just like it's one week, and that was what I expected to see for one week. Where it goes from here is kind of the fun of it. But you see the upside. You see the, the arm strength. You see how the ball flies out of his hands. You see him be really composed in the pocket. You see him escape the pocket at times in, in good timing. Um, you see the creativity in the red zone, which is enormously important and is going to help them score a lot of points this year. Um, but you also see the young guy stuff. You see a couple of sacks that are on him. Um, you see the sack fumble, which is a, a sack that's given up by the offensive line, but you can protect the football better there if you're a quarterback and you see that coming instead of trying to make a hero play. And so I think that you see the the big mistakes that are uh, many of which are just young guy things. And even the, the other interception, the other turnover, like that ball could be out faster and his footwork is not really timed up with the route, the way that it should be. So you see some of the, the stuff that he's going to get used to and that'll get better with repetition and, and getting kind of a better mental catalog of what defenses do in the NFL um, but you also see the upside and why it is worth being excited over what he could potentially turn into. Yeah, I mean, it truly was the good, the bad, and the ugly. I mean, I knew he liked to hold on to the ball, and we were going to deal with that all season long, where he, he's young and he wants to make the home run play. I was a little disappointed that it felt like his pocket presence didn't improve from the preseason, and maybe it's just going to take a few weeks. 
But there's so many different plays where I felt like if he just stepped up in the pocket, he'd give himself more time. He could possibly run. He, you know, he would avoid the sack. He could let the play develop. What are you noticing uh, from his pocket presence? So a couple of things that I think are interesting to consider with Howell in this regard. First is that was his first game against a real NFL speed defense since the Dallas game. Of course, it's only his second game like that ever because in the preseason, he didn't play against any starters like Cleveland's ones weren't out there uh, for any extended period of time. And they were missing like Miles Garrett, for instance, which as we were reminded on Sunday is a pretty important guy to be missing. Um, And then, you know, Baltimore, he, he saw it in practice uh, in the joint practices, but they can't hit him. So by the time you get to the preseason game, Baltimore doesn't play any of their dudes and he's going against second string guys. And so the speed of it was probably very different. And, you know, Arizona might not have a ton of talent defensively, but they play fast and they have more talent than you think. Offensively, it's a different story, but defensively, they got a couple of nice players and and they play really fast. And so there's part of that. But to the larger thing, Adam, that I think is worth watching in terms of stepping up in the pocket, this is where his height becomes a factor. Mm. If you're, six foot tall and your linemen are six, two, six, three standing back a little bit. It's going to let you see down the field. You step up and all you see is the back of their helmets or their, their nameplate on the back of their Jersey. And so I don't know how comfortable he is stepping up in the pocket on a regular basis versus, you know, we see in the preseason, a guy like Brissett step up a little bit more because he's six, four and he can see over the line. And so is, is height, a, you know, an ultimate deterrent where you can't play in the league. No, but there's a reason that most quarterbacks aren't Sam Howell's size. And it's because you can't see linemen are big, big dudes. And so literally being able to see the throwing windows and the lanes and the coverages and where linebackers underneath are working to, to pick you off is harder. And so I think you're going to see him as a guy that when that clock goes off, he escapes out of the pocket and is like circling back out versus other quarterbacks that step up and through for that reason. And it's actually easier for him to keep his eyes downfield if he doesn't have a line in front of him. And it's also why I think it's on EB to move the pocket, which they did some on Sunday and continue to do that to try to give him clear vision uh, throughout the entire field. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of coach EB, how did you feel about his play calling? I thought it was good. Um, I I think that you could probably gripe and say maybe a little bit more running the football in the first half, but it wasn't like they weren't productive. Like they put up a ton of yards in the first half. And if, if uh, uh, Gibson doesn't fumble, like they they score on that drive too. And so I felt like the offense was in a good rhythm and everybody was kind of getting involved. People were getting their touches, you know, ultimately you'd hope to get Terry a few more, you know, but it is, you can't get everyone touches all the time. And they just needed to execute a little bit better. You know, whether it's the drops by Logan Thomas, whether it's, you know, some of the other stuff that we, we talked about with Howell, I thought that, that they were in a pretty good position to succeed. And I loved them, you know, kind of realizing in the second half, we don't have to do all this. You know, we're, we're going to be able to just methodically get the ball down the field and there, our defense is going to wreck their life. And so the, the bar here is not terribly high. We can be patient. We don't have to press. And so I like the, the running the ball more and, and including all of like the third downs where they didn't throw it. And, and a lot of people are upset about that. Like you just got to read the room and, and the analytics are a composite of every matchup that's ever happened. That says, you know, 64% of the time in NFL history, this thing happened. We're not dealing with all of NFL history. The analytics can inform you, but if your defense is 
destroying their offense, and their offense is led by Josh Dobbs, you can trust it more than the analytics say. And, you know, taking a field goal here or, you know, being okay punting is, is definitely the strategy. And I thought EB managed the game very well in that regard. Craig Hoffman with us here on the Hadeen Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline. You can check him out on the Odyssey app 4 to 7 p.m. every day. So Curtis Samuel leads the team in receptions, yards, leads all receivers in touches there. They handed it to him once for six yards. Were you surprised by that? I mean, what were your thoughts? I mean, I think it's – I like Samuel's usage package. I'll put it that way. Um, I would like, you know – I mean, the thing is he didn't leave them in targets. Right, they tried to get the ball to Jahan more. Yeah. Logan Thomas is is a guy that uh, actually I think led the team. I think, or maybe he and Dotson both had seven um, targets. Maybe uh, Logan had eight. But like those guys, those guys are going to be the features of the offense um, because of the way this thing is designed. And then Terry is going to be a recipient of chunk plays. I think what's going to be interesting is do they start putting Terry in the slot more, getting him routes that are in breaking over the middle because that's where Sam is going to be most comfortable throwing and where EB can create more space in this offense and just try to get the ball in Terry's hands more. I do think that's something that will evolve over the course of the year. But like Samuel in a vacuum, I like his usage package. Usage package. Some is a, is a receiver, and he gets some touches that way. I like it one to two handoffs for him a game, uh, and they got good yardage on that run. You know, a screen to him that doesn't go anywhere, but you give him the opportunity, and eventually one of those is going to pop for a big play. So I liked what they did with Curtis Samuel. I think it's really important to kind of keep him involved in the offense to keep everything on schedule. And then it's a matter of getting more out of Dotson's touches, more out of Logan Thomas's touches. Some of that is accuracy. Some of that is, you know, catching the ball instead of dropping it. And some of that is, you know, a multitude of other factors related to the defense and the kind of matchups you see week in and week out. What are the commander's chances of staying undefeated Sunday in Denver? I think they're like, I don't want to say they're good. Like, oh yeah, they're going to go out and crush the Broncos. But like, I'll probably wind up picking them in the game. Mm. I think this defense is really good, and I think the Denver offense is still very much a work in progress. Yeah. And I think they can keep it close enough. Now, I, I got to watch the Denver defense a little bit more. They're really good. Could they mess up Howell? It's his first road start. You know, it, it, that place is raucous. We talked about that on Take Command, actually, that we taped this morning that'll be out tomorrow. Like, Logan said there's like five places in the NFL where home, like home field advantage really matters. And Denver is one of them. You have the altitude, the crowd is raucous. You know, they're, they're probably pretty pumped up uh, with Sean Payton there. So, so it's a little bit of more juice than they've had in the past couple of years there. So I think that, that the matchup is fine. Um, they're pretty even talent wise. Um, unless Russell Wilson reverts to old, good Russell Wilson. Jerry Judy, uh, I haven't seen anything on him yet this week, but I know he left the game, so that takes out a, a big weapon if he's not available to play. And then, you know, what can they do offensively? Can EB scheme it up, and, and is this a better scheme fit maybe that they can take advantage of? He's obviously very familiar with the personnel from his time in Kansas City, but how can he take advantage of it with, you know, everybody being new under Sean Payton? That's a, that's a giant TBD. But I, I think they have a good shot, and it, I'm guessing the line is probably pretty close. It's probably like three, three and a half. Craig, great stuff, man. Follow Craig on social media at Craig Hoffman, host of the Hoffman Show 4-7 to 7 on the Team 980. And I did want to mention, you got Michael Phillips setting up cameras all over the place now. He wants to be like your show, putting it on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> It's the way to go, man. I can't believe you're not. You're Mr. YouTube. You were doing the YouTube stuff before everybody else. I know. Well, that's you're not the thing. Ahead is, of this. Well, now they don't pay me to do YouTube, so I'm not spending the time. <laughs> <laughs>
Wait, uh, just let Phillips do it. Like, yeah. hey, newspaper man, come on in here with your cameras and let's do digital. All yeah. right, let's go. <laughs> Craig, thanks so much, man. You got it, buddy. See yep. ya. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan now at 105.1 FM. Welcome back. What up, what up, what up? It's AWOD. Here on an overreaction Tuesday on The Fan. It is September 12th. We're live and local here in the RVA until 3 p.m. Before I hand it off to Grant and Danny from Washington, D.C. I mentioned it earlier with Zach. I will absolutely be out there at the Oktoberfest at the St. Benedict's Catholic Church, 300 North Shepherd Street. We are a very pro festival show we love the festivals here in richmond rva known for great festivals i went to the first over 804 day a couple months ago watermelon fest check i'm there um football fest we threw our own festival we go downtown for churches uh church hills iris festival we hit any festival in town i am a pro festival show and i will absolutely be at oktoberfest that's the lead story on dude food dude food we're not responsible for the content of this program or anything we say when we're really hungry where's my food dude where's my food the most delicious food you've ever tasted yes how can he piss off a flip-flop <laughs> he loves food dude food so christopher my favorite thing about festivals is when there's road closers like Watermelon Fest, they shut down Carytown. You can walk everywhere. You know, Churchill Irish Festival, it's just packed with people repping Irish outfits and dancing around and singing. And it's the same thing for the Oktoberfest at St. Benedict's Catholic Church. It's Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. They will shut down Belmont Avenue from Stewart to Grove. Uh, Hanover Avenue will be closed also from Belmont to Shepherd. It's Friday 4 to 11, Saturday 11 to 11, and Sunday 12 to 6. I had a great time last year drinking all the beers, but I didn't eat. So, Christopher, this year, bringing up on dude food, I need to try one of the German cuisines. What do you think they're going to offer? Well, brats is my my first guess. I mean, yeah. that's a German classic. I make brats for myself all the time. It's just okay. a better hot dog. Yeah, that's that's kind of what I was guessing, right? Yeah, that's it's, a, it's just a better hot dog. Do, now, I know, like a Polish dog, they always put peppers and onions. Do the Germans do the same thing? I I have no clue. Yeah. They maybe. Might, <laughs> they may throw something crazy in yeah, their pickles maybe, or maybe something. Maybe some sauerkraut? Yeah. That could, you know what? That's, yeah. good. that's a good call there. You're so worldly, you know? <laughs> um, another thing we wanted to bring up here on Dude Food. So, there is an 85-cent blizzard deal going on right now at Dairy Queen. We had a Dairy Queen uh, growing up like three blocks from my house. And my dad's going to be embarrassed when I say this. He would make us split one, right? (laughs) So he would buy a large, you know, mint chocolate chip blizzard with Oreos and make me and my sister and him grab three spoons. And we're arguing about who gets to dive their spoon in and get the bigger bite. Oh, I thought that was a two-person split. A three split? Three split. Three split. bad. I know. It's crazy. The household that I grew up in, you know? (laughs) Unbelievable, right? Um, but so Dairy Queen invented this blizzard back in 1985. And they uh, the item is obviously what's been so popular on their menu. Now they're offering a small blizzard treat for 85 cents through September 24th. It's an app-exclusive deal. All these damn locations now, all these places have an app, right? Yes. Like oh, Dunkin' Donuts. And I have them all. Oh, you do? Oh, I have every app. So I had the Dunkin' app, and then did you hear about the, like, 
the issue with the Duncan app? No. So around the country, everyone had the Duncan app, and you were collecting points, mm-hmm. right? It's not you weren't getting anything free. You weren't no, getting anything no. cheaper. You were just collecting yeah. points, and you're like, what the hell are these points worth? Well, they finally said what the points were going to be worth, as they put everyone's points back to zero. Oh, my God. And my buddy James lost his s and threw his phone, deleted the donut, uh, Dunkin' Donuts app, and I don't think he's been back since. I, I wouldn't. Because he was he had like a 1,000 points, and they said, you know what? They're finito. <laughs> they got rid of his points. So we might have to try this offer. 85-cent Blizzard? I love That's that. That's not bad. Yeah. Do you have a go-to Blizzard flavor? Uh, you know, I, I had a Dairy Queen from like age not zero to five, yeah. and then they got rid of it. <laughs> they got rid of it, and, and it's it's back in Midlow now. Yeah. It was gone, and we got a new one, but, you know, I, I haven't been down there. Here's something that I feel, I feel like everyone slept on at Dairy Queen growing up. We all know they're, they're great for their treats, the desserts. Oh, yeah. But their buffalo chicken tenders were amazing. They their buffalo sauce might, might have cocaine in it. It is so addicting. I was like, I, I like I loved it so much as a kid. I would eat my French fries in it when my fries were done. I dip my pinky in there, and just try the buffalo sauce raw. It was that good. I'm, I love their I'm sauce. I'm in on buffalo, so yeah. I need to try it. How about that? Might have to do a show from Buffalo one day. <laughs> All right. Um, I know you wanted to bring up this Lunchables story. Explain this to the audience. Uh, yeah, uh, Lunchables are offering new grilled cheese, grilled crispy. Crispy grilled cheeses. Uh, they got original and pepperoni pizza. Throw them in a microwave for a minute. Have probably the worst grilled cheese you could ever <laughs> you could ever wow. imagine. So, look, here's what I'll say. Good on Lunchables for trying to mix it up and try something new, right? Sure. I mean, they've been around for 30 years. I'm not afraid to say I was a Lunchable kid. I had them at lunch almost every day, even after college. When I was working on the junkies, getting up at 6 a.m., I was having a Lunchable for breakfast. Terrible for my stomach. <laughs> Right? So many gastro issues because of that. But you know what? I loved a good Lunchable. Yeah, I don't think my mom was, was as keen on giving me those things. Yeah. Uh, that You'll be happy to know the pepperoni pizzas are using their classic pepperonis that okay. come with their pizzas and their crackers. So I will say my favorite was always the ham and cheese. All right? Uh, Lunchable. Second favorite, the nachos. That's I always love the nachos, right? Then you'd like microwave the cheese sauce, so it's like hot queso, right? Mm-hmm. God, I love talking about Lunchables. I just—it brings me back, man. I just—I'm just picturing these like prepackaged white bread that you're throwing in a microwave, and it's—it's yeah. it's not giving me a good There's feeling. There's no way it's going to be good, but here's what it will be: it'll be clutch. That's what. <laughs> it's, all right. It's if you're, if you're starving, for, it's clutch. It's five dollars for a two pack. Yeah, that's not bad. Yeah, you know what? That's might have to try that. Yeah, I mean. Might have to try it on air. We, we can do that. <laughs> I haven't had Lunchables in four years, though. I've been on a bit of a health kick where I said, you know what? That is all processed food. I need to, I need to be out on it. Uh, Wendy's is giving away free fries this week. Got to bring that up on Dude Food. People sleep on Wendy's fries. So good. They're great. Get it with the chili. Dip it in the chili. Love doing that. Um, so here's the deal. Through September 17, they're offering free fries with any purchase. Most of these free deals usually restrict you to a small or a junior size, but you can actually get any size of fries that you want with this promotion. So I might go later today and get some nuggets and a large fry. That is a great deal. That is good. Wendy's is, it has the best deals. Yeah. We that, are doing PSAs here. Oh, on I'm, Dude I Food. love Wendy's. The, yeah. the, the four for four, which is has kind of been phased out, but <laughs> for the longest time, that was the best deal in fast food. So Wendy's also has a, pu- a bunch of other special deals. They're trying to get everyone back into Wendy's here during autumn. 
free soft drink with any purchase September 25th to October 1st. $2 off any premium combo for the entire month of September. And $2 off any breakfast combo. You know what? Not getting Wendy's breakfast. I'm not doing that. Have you tried it? I don't know if I have. I'm, yeah. You know, I don't like McDonald's as much otherwise, but for breakfast, yeah. that's, that's well, the yeah, place to go. If you go to Taco Bell or Wendy's for breakfast, you're not allowed in this studio because okay, okay. you'll be farting up a storm. Taco Bell breakfast oh, has no. those Cinnabon delights, oh, okay. which Fine. are the greatest. But, that, but not their eggs. Don't tell me you eat their eggs. I have before. Oh, my it's God, <laughs> Chris. Oh, my God. Oh, my goodness. I'm not stopping there on the way. Don't worry. Okay. okay. Yeah, yeah. On the way home, maybe. Um, I always love a story that says it involves a secret menu item. Do you know about secret menu oh, items? Of course, of course. Like, um, what was it? Oh, there was a good one at, um, oh, oh, what's that place? The great sandwich shop that uh, destroyed Subway. Pop, not Pop Bellies. Oh, my goodness. They have, they're good for their soup combo. Soup I, and I've a bread bowl. This. You know what? What's oh, the, Panera? Panera. Panera has a secret menu item nobody knows about. It is the hummus power bowl. It is so good. It's like chicken and hum. It's like a a large salad. Like you know how ladies love a big salad. It's an extra big salad for like five ninety nine. That's a good secret menu item. Subway, my boy Brett will love this shout out. Has a secret menu item called the pe- chicken pizziola. All right, it is their meatball sub. Everything that comes on a meatball sub, you replace the meatballs with their chicken. It's actually delicious. All right. Yeah. All right. Uh, but this secret menu item story is about Texas Roadhouse. Apparently, it's considered America's fastest-growing restaurant chain. I feel like it's been around my entire lifetime. uh, A secret menu item at, at like, a sit-down restaurant. Yeah. Wasn't expecting that. No. (laughs) This is juicy. All right. They have the pulled pork cactus blossom. So, the regular cactus blossom is, of course, their uh, version of the Bloomin' Onion, right, Mm -hmm. Uh, that was made famous at At, uh, uh, Outback. At Outback. So, this is the cactus blossom with pulled pork. It is an upgrade to add pulled pork on top of on top of the um, onion, and it's the same meat that they serve in their pulled pork sandwich. And you can also add barbecue sauce on top. That sounds great. That's a good secret menu item. Um, how about the smothered blossom with jack cheese? Of course, it's another thing you can add on top of the blossom. Um, a kid's grilled cheese that doesn't deserve to be on a secret <laughs> menu. I'm out on that. And then the last thing, steak sliders. Could have sworn they were on the regular menu, but they say the secret item might be considered a hack because it involves using fresh baked rolls and adding your meat of choice to make the sliders. Oh, so basically what they're saying is Texas Roadhouse always gives you these great dinner rolls, right? They give you like the pumpernickel ones, right? You cut them open and then you just add, ask for meat on the side and you make your own sandwich. That's not a secret menu item. You're just a loser. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. That was Dude Food on the Fan.